Hello and welcome to the Cat Maste Chronicles podcast. We have exciting, interesting and powerful stories from pet owners about their projects, businesses and ventures. I'm your host, Michelle Adams, founder of Chatty Cats Care, London's professional cat sitting company. Join me as I dive deep into conversation with pet owners to chat about their individual journeys and of course, their beloved pets. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode. Hello and welcome to episode 46 of the Cat Mass Day Chronicles podcast. This week we are joined by Wendy Patrick. Originally from Northern Ireland, Wendy Patrick now calls picturesque Gasparo Valley in Nova Kosha home, where she owns and runs Dogs of Pride and Finesium, Holistic Health. Wendy helps animals and human clients lead happier and healthier lives by identifying nutrition deficiencies, sensitivities or allergies to food or chemicals in their environment. She makes her own line for animals, including CBD Alternative under the Finesium brand, which stems from the Free Dogs of Pride logo, Finn, Jesse and William. Wendy is happily owned by two dogs, two cats and two horses. And I'm so excited to have Wendy join us on the show today. I can't wait to find out more about her and her wonderful pets. So without further ado, thank you so much for joining us on the show today, Wendy. I've briefly oh. introduced you. But <laughs> if you could tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself, that would be amazing. Yes, Michelle, and thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be across the pond again and back home yes. to do a podcast, <laughs> <laughs> virtually anyway. Um, yeah, well, uh, starting over across the pond, I've been in Canada now 25 years and um, basically been building and growing various different aspects of my business until I'm sitting here now in Nova Scotia in beautiful wine country and um yeah living the life <laughs> sounds amazing so let's kick things off by talking about yourself a little bit more so like you said you're originally from northern ireland and now you're living in nova scotia how did that come about why did you decide to move <laughs> oh it's it's one of those crazy things that you go i wonder if the grass is any greener over there mm. and um I'd been, you know, well, growing up there and everything else. And at the time I had a sister who has since passed, who was living in Canada and came for a visit and went, oh, this looks nice. <laughs> so um, decided, well, why not? Um, and that was kind of the long story, uh, the, the short version of the long story. But I was in Calgary, Alberta and surrounding areas for about 10 and a half years. Mm -hmm. That was very landlocked. You are in a big, big wide open spaces and wow. you, you can't even fathom it when you're living in the UK as to just how vast mm -hmm. and how small you can actually feel being somewhere. Um, so I kind of wanted to come home again and sort of tripped and fell into Nova Scotia on the way back. Um, and it looks very, very similar to home, actually. Mm. So geographically, so it, it does feel a lot more like home. But uh, of course, I still miss a, a, a large amount of the, the people and my folk 
<laughs> of course, of course. But I completely understand where you're coming from in that decision because for me, living in London, it gets pretty hectic sometimes. So I often go off to Scotland or try yes. to go to other places. Like I want to travel to Ireland and I've been to Wales. Just anywhere where I can find some kind of remoteness is right. great. So. Yes. Yes, it's it's definitely therapeutic to get a little bit of breathing space around you. Yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. So can you please tell the listeners about your company, Dogs of Pride, and how it all started? Sure, yes, thank you. Um, my passion has always been with animals ever since I was little. Um, I would have to stop to pat every doggy on the street and stop <laughs> at every field with a horse's nose poking over it or even stand and call them for half an hour until they came for a pat. And um, different things through life, it takes you different directions. And eventually the calling was still there. And it's like, no, I am finally going to do what I have always wanted to do. And I'm going to work with animals Mm -hmm. because I just didn't have the smarts at the time or the attention span in school to focus enough on the sciences at that point, Mm -hmm. which is totally ironic how that comes back to bite you. (laughs) But um, I, I went off. I actually ended up coming back to Scotland and uh, taking a uh, professional dog grooming course with a master groomer there Mm. and then coming back to Canada and working for one of the top international groomers. So I was dog grooming for a while and then I brought that business out to Nova Scotia with me and um, then discovered a lot of health issues and stuff that were, were going on and amplifying to the point where I couldn't groom anymore to the level that I wanted to be able to groom because I was in so much pain. I was losing patience and that's not the groomer I ever wanted to be when I was handling someone's little fur baby. Um, And certainly the dogs were telling me, it's like, you're not in the best form today or you're sore and you shouldn't do this or I'm just going to play up and act up more. So it ended up I had Lyme disease. So that really then stirred the pot up and went, okay, what can I do now? And long story short, again, I then pursued the whole healthcare aspect of it and went, okay, I'm going through this. I know what I'm going through. And there's much more to this than for the animals as well, rather than just keeping their coat clean. Mm -hmm. And um, pursued a lot more with my um, natural uh, practitioner who took me under his wing and made me a practitioner of his. And then I did some further studying, did my kinesiology diploma, and I'm now doing a lot more on the health side of stuff, but still so involved with the animals. They are my primary focus on, as I I feel that I'm their voice. So, Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's funny how you kind of experienced, you know, illness yourself, and then you realized, you know, well, what about animals who are voiceless, as you mentioned, you know, they can't, they can't tell us if they're in pain and and what they're experiencing and and the intensity of their pain. So then I think it's amazing that you kind of like turned it around and, and, and use that knowledge to apply this to your own practice when working with animals. Yeah, thank you. Um, I think a lot of it was to do with knowing what I was going through Mm -hmm. and then realizing that, yeah, there's a lot more that the animals were going through and I could be a lot more used to them than just making them look pretty and smell clean. Mm -hmm. So I think that's when I really started delving into things and exploring the energy work and stuff that I'd been kind of doing for years. And then things just started to fall into place over the last couple of years, more than anything, and incredibly amplified in this past year where because of the change of situations, I had to actually start um, looking after my clients remotely. Uh-huh. 
And so through energy work, I actually can tell their level of pain and where it's sore, Michelle. It's pretty mind blowing. It's a wow. little crazy. <laughs> okay. I can't wait to to delve deeper into this then. <laughs> so I mean, I know that Dogs of Pride is also holistic, but you also wanted to add another holistic element to your business. Is that correct? So you created Finesium. Um, can well, you tell us a bit more about that and the name and, and what you offer? Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, Finesium came about whenever I actually started making um, my own brand of colloidal silver, mm. which has been around since the ancient Greeks. There's nothing new to it. It's just that uh, uh, the the bigger powers that be don't like people using it because they love to fear monger and myth bust or, or uh, yeah, fear monger and scare people off from using it. But it's actually a, an incredibly good natural substance. And I was looking for a name and um, it was like, well, what culminates dogs of pride mm. more than trying to do a play on the names of the dogs in the original logo? And that was Finn, Jesse and William. And played around with it a little bit, didn't take too long actually, and came up with Finesium. <laughs> I thought, well, that's kind of nice. And then Finesium itself took its own entity about five, five or six years ago now, when I started doing the practitioner stuff for for my health and then for clients' health, mm. which was really people focused because all the training is for humans. Okay. Um and then it was just myself and doing applications and working with my own animals. As you mentioned, I've got two cats, two dogs and two horses now. So I've plenty of different guinea pigs, if you like, <laughs> yeah. including myself and then hubby. So <laughs> yeah. everybody's like, try this, try this. Um, so, yeah, just working with them and understanding then how I could actually help them more than just having safer grooming products out there and helping people knowing about skin and coat. Um, now I can delve a little bit deeper with my clients and and find out what else is going on under the surface. So it's, it's really quite exciting. It's a, it's a journey and it's, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, very, very. So tell me a little bit more about the the substance that you were speaking about at the beginning the the one that was um, founded during ancient Greek times I'm really interested. oh yeah okay colloidal silver well basically if you think uh -huh. of uh, um, well oh Michelle definitely with us across the pond they don't know as much over here but back at home if you said that baby was born with a silver spoon in its mouth yes yeah right you yeah. you know well oh they they come from wealth they come yeah. from rich stock yeah but it doesn't just mean that it also means they're healthy ah. because silver is known to be and has been known forever to be antibacterial there's no bacteria that will grow on silver and that's why great granny or whoever yeah. had a silver cutlery set on their wedding list yes <laughs> wow, I didn't even know that. Thank you. There you go. Yeah, I'm I'm full I, I'm great at trivial pursuits. Oh, um, <laughs> lots and lots of information. Yeah, I delve deep into everything to find out all the nitty-gritty. So, you know, until I was presented with the product originally as well. Yeah. And I started delving into it. And I was like, holy cow, why don't we know more about this stuff? Mm. And it's it's phenomenal. It's great at keeping um wound sites clean. So say if you've got a cat scratch or the cat's got a scratch, it doesn't matter. You can use it on either. Wow. And it's safe if it's ingested because it's tiny, tiny, tiny um, particles of silver just held in, in um, an electrical current as such in, in distilled water. 
And uh, I actually have a couple of videos on our YouTube channel, Dogs of Pride. So you can actually watch me talk about it and show how to test to see whether it's even real colloidal silver that you bought. So interesting. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's really? fun stuff. Yeah, I'll, have to look, I'll have to look deeper into that myself. That's <laughs> yeah, that's kind of our, our Frank's hot sauce. Uh, there's a, I don't know whether Frank's hot sauce ever made it to the UK or not, but the, uh, the, the commercial was always, I use that on everything. <laughs> and I'll pause not to swear on your podcast but you, I'm sure you get the drift <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. so I'm intrigued to know more about the other products that you offer is it true that some pet products are also harmful to humans too oh well absolutely it's a double-edged sword to some degree um and certainly a lot of the ingredients that were very very prevalent in a lot of products when i started this nearly 11 years ago um have slowly been getting removed and very quietly not just in pet products but also in the human products Mm. because the one thing that followed across the board was parabens okay Mm -hmm. right and parabens, I'm not sure if you're familiar, they're basically a preservative. Yes. And they're used in so many different forms, but they're also incredibly detrimental to the health because they build up in the system and you cannot get rid of them. Oh, wow. So, yeah, they're endocrine disruptors. They will mess with fertility. They'll mess with um, hormones. They'll mess with a lot of stuff. Um, and actually, yeah, they, they can harm a lot. Um, but we've always dealt with products, um, apart from after our first year, once we were a little bit more enlightened ourselves, um, the, the lines that we've always had are, are paraben-free. And in fact, the, the products that I now make under Finesium are shampoos and um, conditioner, spray, ear cleaner, that kind of stuff. They're all paraben-free. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's safe with that. And the thing a lot of people don't think of if it's just going on a dog, it's like, well, it's just going on a dog. It doesn't matter. But the dog's not putting it on itself. Yes, exactly. So even if you got a scratch, if you cut the dog's nail and you got a scratch on the back of your hand, then that's basically what you're calling a skin barrier deficiency. So any product that's going on your skin has now got access to your bloodstream. Mm. Yeah. But things people don't think about. See, that's my nerdy side showing, Michelle. <laughs> No, because you don't think about that. And I notice a lot of people are kind of jumping on that bandwagon of paraben free. And I'm not sure if they're kind of just using it as, you know, there's certain, um, what would you call them? Like, <sighs> words that are like really kind of popular. So like, right. friendly yeah. and like, it's the gimmick. Yes, yes, yes. So, uh, yeah, I think a lot are actually getting rid of it because they actually realize now after 10, 20, 30 years in products that they find out what the actual healthcare implications mm-hmm. are of them. But they don't want to, uh, you know, alarm you about them. They don't want to say mm-hmm. our products are now, are, are now paraben free because we've been helping to amplify cancer for the last 30 years. Oops. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like whenever we the, the doctors used to recommend smoking in the 50s. <sighs> So, you know, things have, you know, they, they go in cycles, they'll, they'll be found out. But that's why I like looking into the natural stuff an awful lot more and seeing, okay, well, that's been used since ancient Greek. Um, some of our ingredients in our smart oil, which is our CBD alternative that you mentioned at the beginning that we make, it's also um, all natural ingredients, but they're actually effective and have been proven to have efficacy through hundreds of years, through different tribes and everything else, depending on their origin. 
So whenever you see a company now have this little sticker on from their, you know, their wonderful hair um, products or skin products for mm. humans, even mm. it says paraben free. They're going, yeah, we're just telling you it's paraben free now, but we're not going to tell you why. Okay. Yeah. Right. Because I think it was the National Cancer Institute uh, a couple of years ago when I was actually looking into that more about the parabens. 97% of breast cancer tumors tested contained parabens. Wow. So, yeah, it's something you want to get rid of in your products, but you certainly don't want to alarm people that that might have been the cause of some issues. Mm. Right? Right. Yeah, it would be widespread pandemonium. And there's no point in, you know, in bringing it all up now. The the damage has been done. Yes, exactly. Right? All we can do is do as well as we can when we know what we know. And when we know better, we do better. Yeah. It's all about education, isn't it? Education. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It is very much so. Yeah. And there's a lot lacking in, in the uh, in the animal field when it comes to that, for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us more about why grooming your pets is so important and why this is usually overlooked during grooming? Um, I think the most important part about grooming your pets is not just to keep them healthy and clean, but the fact the way that our pets live with us now, Mm. Um, you know, in the 60s, 70s, the dog was outside on a leash in a kennel or in a a dog house. Um, Neither inside with the kids in their bed or on the sofa with you. So grooming is kind of important because, uh, you know, they can have lots of little creatures crawling around in there. Yes. Uh, and in fact, they have, you know, they do carry certain zoonotic diseases and a zoonotic disease is one that can be easily transmitted between um, dogs and, and humans or dogs and other dogs. So you've got like, you know, um, mange and different um, parasites yeah. and worms and things like that. So you want to make sure that grooming is important to know that you have a healthy coat and healthy skin because the skin is actually the first telltale sign. It's the first red flag that's flying whenever there's something going on inside the animal that you don't necessarily know anything about because A, they can't tell you and B, they look perfectly fine. Mm. So if you're going through that coat on a regular basis, then obviously it's more easy to see if you've got a short-coated dog or cat um, where if they've got a big open sore, you go, okay, it's got a sore. But if you've got a dog with a lot a lot of coat, like your German Shepherds or your Poodles or Doodles or mm-hmm. Bernese or anything like that, you've got a lot of coat to go through to actually see that there's a sore on the skin. Yes. Um, and grooming even as well, a lot, of, a lot of people don't give it much credit, but whenever we look at our diets and the amount of disease states that a lot of people are basically existing in these days, our animals are the same because they're eating the same food at a lesser quality than we are. Mm, yeah you know not everybody can afford or wants to do a raw diet or nobody you know some people don't agree with it um and then they're they're basically eating this dehydrated um overprocessed highly high temperature cooked um flavor sprayed on after to make it appealing um basically bits of cardboard to the dog and expecting them to be healthy awful <laughs> I know you don't you don't really think about it because uh, you know advertising yeah. companies and the companies they make it seem like it's amazing. Oh yes, it's good for your dog, for your pet, and it's not. 
No, because if, if anybody just starts to, well, a lot of people are really starting to turn that bag over instead of the glossy, fancy, wonderful picture on the front mm. and starting to look at the ingredient panel and go, why is corn gluten the first one whenever you've got a picture of a chicken on the front? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and there's always clever marketing ways of them to mm. basically make you believe that there's a good reason for that, but there really isn't. It's so misleading. It, it should almost be illegal don't you think absolutely but I mean yeah I mean you don't get the well the the big industries that like to make a lot of money off things don't make money off things if they do things nicely yeah mm. um you know big pharma doesn't get you know lots and lots of billions of dollars for things or dollar or pounds or whatever in healthcare systems and things if everybody's healthy mm-hmm. they don't have customers if you're well yeah it's true. So it, it sounds very, you know, ooh, the, oh, she's got her tinfoil hat on, doesn't she? <laughs> but I mean, all, all I have to do is show you 20 of my clients and there's the proof. Wow. Yeah. And then show you what happens six months later, eight months later, two years later, whenever they've completely changed their lifestyle, including their diet and supplements. How how long do you think that turnaround is though? Is it, can it, can it feel like two weeks or like a, a year? Like how quickly can you see it or notice a difference do you think in humans and maybe even in pets yes ah well um certainly if they're my clients then I know what they're getting um and we only do the real stuff because I'm I'm one for myth busting all of the fancy marketing Mm. so if you come to me with a product go this is going to make you be doing cartwheels in three weeks I'll go that's amazing because I was never able to do a cartwheel in my life (laughs) um so, so you know it's rubbish um, you know, it's just, you know, terms to make you feel good and, and make it sound even better. But everybody's different. Um, and certainly, I mean, with my own clients, I've seen differences within weeks. And that's both from the animals and the humans. Wow. Because what, I only use stuff that works. I'm not into fleecing people. I mean, I've been fleeced so many times, like pretty much everybody who's sitting listening to this. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're sick of it. We're absolutely sick of it. We want stuff that works. We want stuff that we can spend our money on that is actually going to do something so that we actually feel good. Yes. Um, so that we're spending less money on trying to feel good and actually just having fun being feeling good. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Right? You know, and the dog's running around happier and not limping anymore or um, and not pooping as much and having a healthier coat and, yeah, living longer. And, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice to be able to have a, a part of that. And also, not to be crude, but talking about the poop part, I'm sure <laughs> like the smell is completely different as well once the diet is changed. It can be. Yeah, it can be. Um, I think <laughs> just a little sort of quirky aside to that one, it still depends as to who's sneaking them the table scraps yeah. off the side of the sofa. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, the, the bits of the extra bits of broccoli that, you know, somebody doesn't want to eat at the dinner table just disappears underneath the table and then you realize <laughs> where the dog's sitting. So yeah, different things like that. But certainly, yes, um, you do find a difference with that. Their system is a lot better and their weight levels out. That's the biggest thing. Because once you start feeding yourself included real food, as opposed to a a lot of over-processed stuff, then the body recognizes that, oh, I know what this is. I know what to do with it. Because when it's really synthetic food, the body doesn't know what to do with it. And it just tucks it off to the side. And that's actually more of the reason why we get fat. 
mm-hmm. um, because it's inflammation because we're storing stuff until we find out what we need to do with it later. Yeah. And um, once you start giving the body what it needs, then it starts to realize, oh, I don't need to have to hold on to this stuff for protection um, or I can now get rid of this stuff because I now have the ability for all my other cells to be working right and let it go. Absolutely. So. You know, a lot of uh, a lot of vets and everything would be happier as well because they see an awful lot of obese pets, mm. um, and they're really really busy learning about their their medications or their surgery and and you know helping them that way. They don't have time to research nutrition until the cows come home. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> um, but you know they they uh, they're a lot happier to work. I mean, I I work with quite a few vets actually who are a lot happier for them to send their clients off to me for a consult or whatever and go, okay, have a look and see what where the issue is. And a lot of people are finding me to find that out right off the bat rather than going and spending 400 bucks on blood work Mm -hmm. that's only going to fit into a certain, you know, textbook dictated range of normal. Absolutely. Whereas every system's different. Every person's different. Like what you might eat, Michelle, I couldn't even look at and vice versa. Yeah. Right. Because our systems are different. It's the same with the animals, but it's not taken into consideration. It's very textbook. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very hands on. There's very few textbooks around here. Yeah. I listen to what they tell me first. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> How important is it to bond with your pets? I mean, this is quite an obvious question, but I guess not for everyone, really, because maybe some people think you know their their dog or their cat is quite independent and they don't really bother trying to really bond with them much more than they should do but how can a pet guardian improve this oh that's a good question mm-hmm. that's fantastic there's there's lots of different ways you can and lots of different ways that you don't want to push it mm. um if you come too full on to anybody they'll back off yes right yeah right why why do we think dogs are any different it's true um I I used to do a lot more training than I I do now obviously with well we're 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 in lockdown again um and uh so you know dog training I don't think classes is essential um but uh, you know I, I used to get a lot of calls going well my dog doesn't like other dogs what do I do about it and I was like why is that a problem? Yeah. <laughs> like, if it didn't, if it wasn't an actual problem, whereas it had to go and deal with a doggy daycare every day, or it had to go into a kennel facility all the time, um, then it was like, well, what is the problem? Because a lot of people don't like other people, right? <laughs> uh, you know, and it, it's probably got a good judge of character. Um, <laughs> so, but you know, there, there'd be other reasons as well. Well, maybe you've been molly coddling him for too long. Uh, maybe every time he gets a little upset or he sees another dog, you start to go, oh, it's okay. It's okay. It's just another doggy. Mm-hmm. And just with that elevated energy and excitement in your voice and tension, dogs picked up on that and go, oh, I shouldn't like other dogs. Yeah. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. Um, but whenever it comes to bonding with your own pet, um, I think we need to take our egos out of it. We need to take our heads out of it. and you know, trust that gut instinct a lot more. We've lost sight of it because we talk, we talk and we talk and, you know, and people listen to a lot of things just exactly as we're doing right now. Yeah. But instead of actually doing that next time you're with your pet, instead of standing, talking to it, just stand and feel, Mm. listen to your gut. 
Look at how the dog's moving. Is there a limp there that you didn't see before? Well, why? And you mm-hmm. pick up a paw. Oh my goodness, there's a thorn in your foot. Mm. Simple. That I think we overthink things. We're terrible as a species for doing that. Yes. And if we could just switch off, I mean, you know, we go to bed at night and we're, our, our minds are still racing for two or three hours or, or whatever it is. We need to find the calm. We need to find that center of ourselves and trust our gut and trust ourselves a lot more because we're too busy doing what we think we're expected to do or supposed to do or what other people want us to do and start doing stuff your dog wants you to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just you know listen to him for a little minute and you know he's looking at the door five times and back at you oh look he wants out mm-hmm. it doesn't take you to, a long to spend around a dog to start to understand what they're telling you if you just take the time to listen and the, the bonding comes because once you start to listen to them on their terms i.e non-verbally um you start to read their body language more mm-hmm you start to understand, oh, he does that every time. And you know what? It's a great release and a great escape from the mundane every day for you in order to be able to do that. Because yeah. you'll just find out that half an hour went by, okay, you got nothing done, but you just made an established another connection with your animal you didn't have before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or simply with the grooming thing, because it is more important with them living indoors with us is pick up the brush and they go oh I can't brush my dog and it's like we but you take them to a groomer and expect the groomer to bring out the magic wand (laughs) (laughs) so let's start to get to know how you brush your dog probably it's too hard that's probably why they squeak and run away or every time they they fidget and move a paw you let go well they've trained you to let go just because they don't fancy having their hair brushed So if you don't let go that first time and just even one stroke with the brush, oh, good puppy, let go of the paw, they'll go, oh, hang on, that changed. Mm. What are they doing? What are they doing? (laughs) Uh, That's that's not how that works, person. So the next time you go to brush that paw, you almost see that dog thinking about pulling the paw back and looking at you going, this doesn't work anymore, does it? You go, no. So it's it seems really silly. It seems you know futile, whatever. But take the time. You'll yeah. actually find that you will establish a better, stronger bond with your pet and understand a lot more going on, rather than oh crap, the dog just sneezed. I need to run to the vet. Mm-hmm. Or it's, it's like so no, true. it's so true because it is <laughs> and they try to communicate with us so many times. Like I remember, I lo- I was looking after three dogs once, and there was one dog um, out of the three who just loved the ball, the tennis ball, yes. all the time. And like he <laughs> knew, like he knew that he could kind of communicate with me because he would come up to me with the ball, and I knew exactly what he wanted. And, and right. that's how we kind of grew closer, I guess. And then right. the dog had each individual need, so I would kind of like watch the dogs, see what they needed from me, and I kind of give that one dog like to be cuddled so I knew that and then that dog was always bonding with me as well so yeah it's just about taking the time you're absolutely right it is it is Michelle you are so right it is just taking that time and certainly whenever you know this is your profession you can take the time yeah but you know people don't have to change their whole way of living but if they've already got a pet there's a reason Mm -hmm. there's a reason so take five minutes 
Yeah. Then take 10 minutes. You know, and it doesn't have to be every hour. Even once or twice a day can make a huge difference to both of you. Sure. You know, because it's always, always shown, you know, you stroke a pet, you stroke a cat, you stroke a dog, it lowers your your uh, your blood mm-hmm. pressure. So they're healthy. Yeah. You know, they can release anxiety. Um, certainly if you've got a child um, with reading issues or confidence issues, get them to read to the dog. <laughs> that's a yeah. huge thing over here, actually. Wow. Have, okay. That's a yeah. good idea. Yeah, take your therapy dog or, or your regular dog into the schools or whatever and have reading to the dog. Wow. And the dog's not going to be judgmental. It doesn't care if you trip over a word 15 times. Aww. Right? It's just there's just lovely things that you can do and integrate them into our lives to make everybody a lot better because they're getting the communication with us and the connection and uh and we're getting the the help from them. Yeah. Absolutely. What do you think about one-off staggered interactions with a pet, i.e. a pet sitter, for example, myself, maybe? How can <laughs> I improve how I bond with pets that I take care of? And what do you think? Um, I mean, do you think there'll be a lasting effect with, you know, with the bond with me for the pets? Because, you know, I might not see them all the time, maybe, you know, maybe five times a year, if that. Like, do you think that there could be like a lasting effect with that transaction absolutely yes you better believe it because <laughs> you're like you're you're probably one of the favorite people that that animal sees okay because <laughs> you're the pet sitter it's like oh, it's the fun person yeah because <laughs> you take the time and you read them I mean you were just yeah. saying about the one that brings you the ball so you mm-hmm. throw the ball for it it's like oh you're my favorite person because you always know I want the ball thrown <laughs> and the other one that goes oh you're my favorite person because you know that I love cuddles mm-hmm. um you know so you've taken that time to actually get to know your clients yeah um it's the same for a groomer yeah. Um, so, you know, and if your dog doesn't like your groomer, probably find another groomer. And it's not to say that that groomer is mean or nasty or anything else, but it's the same with people. Yeah. You'll meet different people. You'll have different professions that you'll meet with and you might not like them. It's just a personality thing um, or an energy clash, whatever way mm-hmm. you want to, you know, address that. So you find someone else. But with your your um, very short tiny little interactions you go oh that dog's not going to remember me but you'll usually hear I'm sure you've heard a million times Michelle um where you go back to you know Mrs. Jones's house and the dog's going ballistic and (laughs) Mrs. John goes he never does that for anybody else but you right yeah (laughs) you've you've definitely made that impact you've made that connection because you are the the one carrying that energy that has greatness and good fun. And, you know, mom and dad's away. I'm looking after you, but we're going to have our holiday here. Mm. So, you know, they get a little change and everything else. And absolutely, you can definitely make an impact. And it's funny, um, you know, some animals you might not see for even a couple of years and they'll be straining at the end of the leash to get let off to come and see you. And they know exactly who you are. They recognize that energy. They recognize you from your smell, from your, your just more your energy and your presence, because we're all energy. So we all are connected in some shape or form through yeah. through the universe, through physics. That's as actual science. Um, and uh, the animals know this more than we actually do. It's true. They do say <laughs> that animals are the best judge of character. Oh, definitely. <laughs> 
Definitely. Yes. If your dog doesn't like someone, you shouldn't either. Yeah, um, it's true. There's, there's a lot of truth to that. <laughs> there's a lot of truth to that. <laughs> yep. So let's look at myth busting. Tell us about mm. using CBD with pets. What are the benefits and what are some of the myths that may hold people back from using it? Well, CBD, um, I used to be the Canadian distributor for a CBD product until they supposedly legalized cannabis here. Mm-hmm. And uh, that then that encapsulated the Industrial Hemp Act and actually regulated it. So even though it made it legal, it's like saying you can drive a car, it's legal, but you need a license to do it. Okay. So we can't actually use CBD anymore in Canada. Well, <laughs> there's lots on the black market, let's put it that way. Okay. Um, but the, the problem is, and here's going back to your gimmick or your fad or your craze or the most you know mm. popular thing at the minute, they have found, and this is even on the human side of things, that 70 to 80% of the products on the market labeled as CBD don't actually contain any. Wow. Yeah. So it's, I mean, I absolutely love CBD. CBD is fantastic because of the way it works with the endocannabinoid system, the way that it teaches the body to look after itself. Um, it makes all the little um, synapses fire and all this, that and the other thing just act into hyperdrive and work within the body. Um, so, of course, a lot of people don't want you to get that because it works. And then a lot of other people want you to think that they have it, so they'll sell it to you and just literally make tons and tons of money off you again, but you see no difference in your animal and you've just spent hundreds of pounds. Chances are it's because you've got a product that doesn't actually work. Yeah, yeah. Um, There's a lot of different ones as well. I mean, you have certain things where there's isolates, where if you find an isolate, a CBD isolate, which is basically the CBD itself has been taken out of the plant and isolated, So you've got that one molecule, but that's not going to have the effects that you want because you need the full spectrum, the whole plant Mm. to have that entourage effect and that all overworking ability to actually do something. It's like saying, you know, if you had a car, I'm going to isolate the steering wheel. (laughs) Well, I can't do that then, can I? Same thing. Yeah. Um, so with the CBD thing, um, it is it's it's a buyer beware market, and a lot of people really need to do the research on it. In so much as where is this coming from, who grew it, who processed it, how did they process it, and let me see the third party lab tests mm. because I want to make sure there's no residuals of heavy metals in there, of toxic pesticides, of. Um, <laughs> ethanol paint thinner whatever way some people have used these for extraction methods wow yeah so it does really really need the the owner to beware and it's 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 sad because it's like oh i need to go out and get a brand label pair of jeans Mm. still a pair of jeans but with this your pets can't tell you the only thing you know is it didn't work um if it's not working within a couple of weeks it's not going to work So either do some more research on the product or look for a different brand or come to one of uh, my retailers in the UK and then get some Smart Oil, which is the alternative, which is actually working. (laughs) Okay, Okay. interesting. Unabashed plug there for Smart Oil. Yes, no, tell us what is Smart Oil, (laughs) please. Uh, Okay, yeah, I'm glad you asked, Michelle. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Smart Oil was basically my answer to what we were going to do 
whenever I couldn't get the CBD any, anymore. Ah. Um, because I had hundreds of clients relying on this, including my own pets and including myself, because it really helped me for pain for the Lyme disease. Mm. So I was kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. It's like, oh, there's nothing else on the planet that does this. And then I started breaking it down. I could either have gone into the corner and just, you know, become comatose and given up, which I was very close to be to doing because I just felt I was letting down so many animals and it was just destroying me. And then it was like, all right, Wendy, well, you got to do something about it then. So I really, really delved deep into the research. Okay, what is the active substance? Why is this working? What does it work with? How does it react? And what else has it on the planet? Because Mother Nature cannot possibly be so cruel to give us one substance with all of this goodness. Mm -hmm. And there are hundreds upon hundreds of different substances out there that have various different levels of endocannabinoids or sesquiterpenes or some more big long words that mean nothing to you, but just that they actually do stuff and help. Mm -hmm. um, carrots contain them. Black pepper contains it. Mm -hmm. Rosemary contains it. But in tiny, tiny, tiny little amounts. And certainly, I mean, you can't give your dog a, a bottle of, of black pepper <laughs> yeah. to try and get some endocannabinoid value from it. Um, <laughs> you're going to have a really, really, really hot dog. Yeah. Um, but whenever I start researching things, I find another one in the highest um, content of beta-carophylline or BCP, which is a very, very good active um, substance that works with the endocannabinoid system the same way CBD works. And I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. But I started to test it against the CBD and was like, well, it, it's not going to do enough on its own. There's nowhere close. So a few other products that I'd been working with and using and everything else, but long story short, Smart Oil is a blend of four basic ingredients, one being our colloidal silver, which actually acts as the preservative. Okay. We have hemp seed oil. And now there's a lot of things there where people will put hemp seed oil in a bottle mm. and say that there's CBD in it. No, there's not. <laughs> That's like saying, I'm going to sell you a bag of orange seeds and you're going to go home and get orange juice out of it. I don't <laughs> think so. So same deal. Make sure that if the word seed is in there, that you're not being hoodwinked into thinking that you've, you're getting CBD oil because you're yeah. not. Um, but you can, you know, you can go and fry your steak in it. Um so we have the, the hemp seed oil as our base. We have the copaiba, or, which is a tree sap. And we have something that sounds incredibly exotic, but actually is just another tree sap. And it's dragon's blood. Ah. Yeah. Or Sacred like Drago. Sorry? I feel like I've heard of that before. You very possibly have. Mm. Um, I mean, Sangre de Drago, Sangre de Grado, Dragon's Blood. I mean, there are dragon stones, which are a mineral. Some people collect them. And certainly with the whole Game of Thrones things and that everybody's dragons, everything. Yeah. Um, but um, the, the dragon's blood itself is a tree sap from Peru. It's got the most fantastic looking tree that they actually tap for this. So it's very sustainable. Mm -hmm. um, very natural because there's no processing done to it after that. It's the pure oil or pure sap. And then it's just a very, very precise blend that I do and, um, and do our own testing and stuff. And um, it works. Wow. And it quite literally blew my mind, Michelle, because I made it and formulated it with the thought that this could help. And well, the dragon's blood as well. It's actually, if you test it for, um, it's actually got the highest reading for antioxidants of any substance on the planet. 
Amazing. Yeah. So whenever I put them all together, it was like the synergistic harmony. Um, it was like, yeah, it, it was pretty amazing. It was like, okay, I'm not sure whether I've got anything here, but let's give this a shot. <laughs> so I tried it and I was finding a difference. I thought, well, that could easily be my brain going, oh, you're going to believe this works. So it works. So I started to use it with the animals, uh, with my own pets. After obviously I've used it and going, oh, I'm not going to fall over. Nothing in here is going to be harmful and make sure that the safety issue is primary focus for me before I'll use it on any animals. Yeah. And then a few other people was like, well, we can't get the CBD anymore, Wendy. So we want to try your smart oil. And I was like, all right, go ahead. And they were coming back to me and going, well, they were having better results on that than even the CBD or very similar ones. And I've actually had some people in the cannabis industry here have a look at our formulation and they were like, this is, this is genius. They're like, how did you come up with this? I was like, research. And they're like, but you must be a scientist. I'm like, no, <laughs> <laughs> but I know how to energy test things and basic kinesiology with, and that's what the, the background on, uh, on all of our work is with Finesium Health. Okay. So they're like, that's that, you know, they, they still look at me sideways and go, how did you ever come up with this? It was like, because I haven't been textbook indoctrinated mm -hmm. and um, yeah, we speak with the universe and basically I know it sounds so woo woo. It sounds like crazy, but it's the best thing sometimes. I mean, like works. you can't learn everything from a textbook. Sometimes you need to actually try things and physically do things. Well, yes. I mean, as long as it's safe and everything else and yeah. you know that, then absolutely the experience and the proof is in the pudding. Yeah. And the biggest thing is with the animals with it, if they're showing results with it, you know it has to work because they don't get the placebo effect. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. They're not going to be like, yeah, this is really good, Wendy. Um, yeah. Spending. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like, oh, it was great. I just put this on my knee and look at me I'm running <laughs> around the paddock again. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's quite amazing. It, it's um, it's a, it, it makes my heart burst every time I get another email and go, oh, you won't believe what happened. I was like, yeah, I will. <laughs> but I love to hear another story about it. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. Do you have any holistic tips for grooming cats at all? Because the process is very different from grooming dogs, of course, because <laughs> they're very different. So it would be interesting to know your thoughts. Definitely find someone who specializes in cats. Mm. Um, if you have a cat and you want to get your cat groomed, don't try and persist with your dog groomer that they are going to groom your cat for you. <laughs> Please listen to your groomer. And if they say, we don't do cats here, they mean they don't do cats there. Mm -hmm. um, you can probably try to um, um, beg them and bribe them, but it's not going to be a great experience, perhaps, for your pet or for your groomer. Mm -hmm. um, they definitely are a different little creature. And some of them love it. Um, I actually used to have two Persians that came to me when I was out in Alberta, Dolce and Gabbana, if you believe it. And they just purred the whole time. It, ah. they, but they were used to it, Michelle. And there's a big difference too. A lot of people don't go on to a regular grooming schedule. And for dogs, that's recommended at every four to six weeks. Hmm. So, you know, you get people in on a dire emergency with a cat who's matted solid down the back. Yeah. Well, that's not a good situation at all. Um, but if you do regular grooming with your cats at home, they won't get to that matted stage. Mm -hmm. um, little and often, 
would be the best way to do it if you're doing it yourself. Um, were you wanting to know it for people who do it themselves or for actual groomers? For both. Yeah, for both. All right. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Uh, well, I mean, for actual groomers, they've probably done some separate study to understand the safe way of restraints and things like that because you don't just stick a noose around a cat's neck and expect it to do the same as a dog. Um, or you shouldn't be. You should always have a, a leg through that grooming strap as well. So it's more like a sort of semi-sling mm. because if that cat decides to leap off the table with just a, a noose around its neck, that's not going to end well. Mm. Um, for owners, um, certainly the more that you can, as Fluffy is curled up on your lap, making you pretend that you are its favorite person, <laughs> as they tend to do, yeah. you can also use that the, the same way back to them and go, oh, you're such a lovely kitty and start to massage their feet. Mm. just you know spreading their toes apart and everything else just getting them used to handling it then it's so much easier whenever you have to do that nail trim yeah yeah um you know I mean and, and you certainly want to do the nail trim often if you have the furniture and especially the, the end of the leather sir leather sofa or something and that seems yeah. to be the favorite place to sharpen any cat's gloves it is <laughs> <laughs> so certainly just you know good regular handling more than anything else um i have actually it's funny you ask because we have a little ginger tabby she's absolutely adorable and rare because it's a female yeah. um but it was my uh my my boyfriend's father's cat who passed away so we inherited her mm -hmm. and this cat hated me whenever she lived with him oh. and i refused full on to ever touch the cat or do its nails because it would hiss, it would yowl, it would bite. Um, and certainly it, it became the, the Dorito cat or the burrito cat where you basically, it's like swaddling a baby. Yeah. You wrap them up in a towel until you can get one leg out. And sometimes you have to do that as long as you're doing it gently, but firmly. Yeah. And you're doing it safely for everybody and not actually suffocating the poor animal, then, uh, you know, you might actually end up fine. Now I can just flip her over onto her back on my knee and do her nails. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it, you know, it took a while, but you can get there. And I think people give up too easily. Yes, I agree. They do. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you, you know, if you get a cat, you've probably got a cat for, Ooh, I don't know, into a teenage years. We, we lost one last year and he was 27. Wow. <laughs> he wasn't supposed to live that long. He was actually uh, a freebie with another one I adopted from the shelter. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. But uh, if you've got a cat that's going to be around that length of time, you've yeah. got plenty of time to get it right. Absolutely. It's just plenty taking the time, time as we've it said is. earlier. Time. It is. Yeah. <laughs> and that time, I mean, you know, don't look at it as like, oh, no, I have to go and cut the mm -hmm. cat's nails. You know what? Make it a major achievement and a major accomplishment for yourself if you just get one nail trimmed today. Mm -hmm. Set your sights smaller. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day, and we're too hard on ourselves too. We really, we really need to ease back and go more gently on ourselves. Yeah. Um, you know, it doesn't all have to be done in one sitting, unless you are an actual groomer and you're doing it for a business. Um, yeah, I find out that clients didn't like it when they said, oh, you can pick your dog up next Thursday. Um, you know, they want to come back in a couple of hours. Yeah. But at home, definitely get your animal used to all this handling. And that goes for dogs for trimming their nails as well as cats. 
What is it like living in Gasparo Valley and why is it such a great environment for pets? <laughs> um, space. Mm. We've got lots of space. Um, we're rural, but we're about 10 minutes from the nearest town. Um, so we're not far at all away, but it's it's, it's very similar to more. I mean, you said you, you've holidayed in Scotland. Mm. So it's more similar to the north of Scotland in a way where, you know, you've got your towns dotted about, um, but we've got lots of space. I mean, if you look at Nova Scotia on a map, it's about three times the size of Ireland with a third of the population. Okay. So you can see we're all rural. <laughs> There's like two cities and everything else is really kind of rural. Um, so lots of space is really nice because then I have the luxury of having my horses in the backyard. Mm. So I don't have to, you know, well, I can, but I don't have to board them somewhere else to yeah. have to drive. I mean, I go out and uh, see my guys every couple of hours, one because he's so old and has no teeth and uh, <laughs> he needs to get his big bowls of soup. So, but I can give him that care. Yeah. Um, I have that, that luxury of being in nature then all the time. And uh, I mean, it's a beautiful part of the world. It's very, very similar to um, to the north of Scotland or to Ireland, even for that mm -hmm. matter. And you've got your windy roads and your he your hills and lots of rain, <laughs> lots okay. and lots of rain okay. and uh, vineyards, surprisingly. Wow. Yeah. Um, the actual climate in the Gasparo Valley in the summertime is very similar to the south of France. Ah. So, yeah, we actually have some wonderful vineyards here and uh, also distilleries and cideries and everything. Gasparo Valley is known as part of the Annapolis Valley and apples are really the thing that come from here. So we've got orchards and vineyards and it's very, very beautiful. I can imagine. I can yeah. imagine. I'm Come just over anytime. <laughs> yes. Um, tell us about how environments can play a large factor in health for our pets and also ourselves. Because I personally suffered from hay fever quite badly as a child, but I purposely kind of exposed myself to lots of parks and pollen through the years. And now I'm possibly maybe not immune, but I'm very tolerant um, more than I was before. Have you experienced anything like this yourself or have you had any clients or, or pet clients who have had allergies and tried some of your products? Oh, yeah, I, I deal with allergies a lot. Okay. Um, actually, more intolerances than true allergies. We, we tend to put allergies under the uh, or a lot of things under the heading of allergies when mm. they really aren't. Um, but an allergy actually can actually have more of a psychological bearing. Okay. than a nutritional one. So allergies can actually be formed and created by a traumatic experience surrounding that particular substance. Wow. Yeah, it's really weird. But um, this is something that was brought to my attention when I was doing the human practice and, and uh, my study, where an allergy can be created, like say, for example, um, this is, might go off topic a little bit here, Michelle, but bear with me. Oh, it's fine. Um, if you were in a car accident that was quite traumatic yeah. and um, all of a sudden you find out that you had a horrible reaction to a wool sweater, mm -hmm. I go, okay, where's the connection? If you were wearing a wool sweater during the accident, your body has taken a memory on mm. and associates the wool sweater with the accident and the trauma. 
Interesting. And that will stimulate the reaction. Isn't that weird? So weird, but it makes Isn't sense. It? Um, yeah, it's it's very strange. But a lot of times, as I say, we're putting everything under the, the heading of allergies. Now, a true allergy is whenever you sort of break out and hives go into anaphylaxis yes. and things like that. So more often than not, it's an, an intolerance mm-hmm. to something. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times the intolerances are actually due more to the processing. If we're talking about food um, or nutrition, then basically the intolerances are usually more to do with what happened to that food before you got it. Yes. So if it's meat, for example, number one, was it ethically raised? Mm. If it wasn't ethically raised, was it ethically killed? Mm-hmm. Um, or even if it's a piece of fruit or vegetable, was it sprayed with GMOs? Yeah. Was it sprayed with pesticides? Um, was it, you know, really badly harvested even? Was the person packing it into the bags at the processing plant in a bad mood? Hmm. and it's all energy every single thing is energy and it it holds it and it it transfers it so this is this might sound completely weird to throw this in but um and i'm not religious in any shape or form i'm more spiritual than religion because religions killed more people than anything but um the way of blessing your food before you eat it or saying grace for example um, you know, you might have gone to your grandparents or maybe your parents did it, or maybe you still do it, but it's something you should introduce. Mm. Doesn't matter what your beliefs are. Just be thankful. And if you are thankful, anything that you're even giving your daughter, I'm so thankful I'm able to give you this wonderful meal today and put that intent into it, that it is a most wonderful meal and it's incredibly healthy. So it doesn't matter what your budget is. It doesn't matter what you're eating. It's how you're eating it and what you're doing with it and what your intent is behind it. And I'll give you a way to understand that a little bit more. If you went up to a homeless person on the street who hadn't eaten a meal for three days and handed him a bag of fast food, he would be so thankful and so appreciative that because of that energy and that intent and that thankfulness that he's even passed on to you for giving that to him, that will elevate the vibration that is in that food. And that will be therefore probably 10 times more nutritious than what it would have been if you'd just grabbed it and eaten it yourself. Yeah. Isn't that wild? It is. It is. Everything is just so linked to our energy and our mind and and feelings and and everything. It's just amazing how it yes. works. Yes, it is. It is. And uh, yeah, we've been overthinking things for way too long. It's going back to that gut feeling again about things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I agree with the gut. And I started listening more to my gut because I actually have IBS. So uh-huh. yes. Um, right. Everything is usually driven from my gut, whether it's feelings, emotion, or the foods that I eat. Like I feel almost everything in my gut. So um I I I now listen to it a lot more than I did before. Uh yeah, it's it it's may have happened for a reason, Michelle, because it was trying to tell you to listen to it more. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just uh just go cl- cleaner go more thankful start blessing your food um just look at where it's come from and um more than anything else because it's it's residual environmental toxins Mm. that are actually harming us probably more than a lot of other things 
Um, I'll find a lot of buildup of heavy metals, of residuals from glyphosate, um, and all sorts of things like that whenever I'm even doing testing. Um, mold is another one. And parasites. Parasites is a huge thing that I, I talk about. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so a lot of that stuff, get you know, get good stuff with that. And um, that helps to clean that gut out so that it can do what it needs. But if it's shouting at you, you need to listen. <laughs> Do you have a book, Wendy? I'm just thinking all of this. <laughs> in a book. Like, I was going to ask, my next question was going to be, where do you see your business going and the, your practice going in the next five to 10 years? But I'm thinking if you haven't already got a book, you need to make one because it would be a seller, like a hit seller. It would be. Oh my goodness. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got so much in this little brain of mine, Michelle. It's, it's, yeah. um, I, it's it's one of those things as well. Where the heck do I start? I um, and I've well, I've actually started doing the podcast to try and get the information Thank out because you. a lot of people don't read anymore as well. True, true. Um, I've done so many articles over the years and and so many things. I actually um, wrote a series of feature articles for Dogs Monthly when it was um, still under the old ownership before everything went crazy over there. Um, I think it was 2012. We did a whole feature in that about grooming and all the rest of that stuff um but lots of people are re- i mean this is the news now yeah the podcast scene yeah. as you know mm-hmm. um and people are enjoying this a lot more and uh i think this is the the way for me is to develop that more and get more interesting people on and things we we just started it okay. um, it's called quantumly yours okay so, thank you Um, and you can find it at the minute on the dogs of pride youtube channel as well where you can find all of the videos on our products and everything too and um there's links to that on our dogs of pride website and our finessium health website but to answer your question um five to ten years what i'd like to say michelle (laughs) is i would like to see moving to a much larger um piece of land property um perhaps in the states yeah. And opening a wellness center. Wow. So what I would like to be able to do is to be in a position to give back to those who have never been able to do it for themselves mm-hmm. or have never maybe been able to afford it. And actually, I, I really would love to be able to set it up where it's a, a pay what you can situation wow. um, where the people who can afford it will actually be. Yeah. Um, more morally true enough to go yeah I know it costs this much plus I'd like to do another donation towards Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. so that we can actually treat people to a weekend or a couple of days where they can't just you know come to a lovely big facility and maybe go horse riding or just walk on the trails get out of the city for a bit get into nature they may be able to do some yoga or do a painting class or dance or what Ever. I mean, I just want to have lots of people, lots of animals around and work on having lots of good energy, lots of good energy flow and helping people and animals in the process. Wendy, you might just be my favorite person because I'm thinking <laughs> of this and I'm like, I need this right now. I literally <laughs> just had a conversation with my friend just before we started this podcast recording. And I said, I literally feel like I'm on like the cusp of burnout right now and yes because I've just been doing so much I haven't stopped I'm doing everything myself and like I need I need like help to just stop and just get oh, well, that, 
just like don't don't, don't fear Michelle we can do it remotely right yeah. now I do remote remote um our virtual appointments all over the world oh, wow yeah okay so yeah if I see you on screen we can do it okay that's yeah. good I might have to take you up on that solution. <laughs> yeah yeah if you go on to finessiumhealth.com You'll see how to contact us and you can also go on there and start the application process to wow. to work with me and get some appointments and get some help for either yourself or your pets. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for yeah. that. <laughs> um, so now moving on to my favourite part of the show being pets. I know we've spoken about pets a lot already, but this is about your pets. So can oh. you tell us a little bit about your life and journey with pets so far? Oh, wow. Well, it started off where basically I was the youngest of the family. So we had gone through the cats and the dogs. So there were no more supposedly coming. So I used to beg, borrow and steal everybody else's around the neighborhood. Um, (laughs) And I would go and, uh, you know, from one end of the row to the other, we lived in a small cul-de-sac. So um, I knew every dog, I knew every neighbor. I grew up through maybe a safer, slightly time. Um, although it was right in the middle of the troubles, but, uh, we were in Larne, um, right up on the East Andrum coast. So it was, it was pretty quiet. And, um, and my accent probably got really thick when I just said that, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I would go in and borrow a dog. Can I take your dog out for the afternoon? It wasn't like knocking on friends' houses and going, are you coming out to play? It's like, can I borrow your dog? Um, or I'd sit in the front yard and, and, um, play with them, which I then later, much later, find out that I was actually training um, and uh, or grooming them, um, doing their hair, brushing their hair, doing their nails, walking, the, everything. I just, I basically loved it. But like I say, I, I didn't have the smarts to become a vet. And that was really the only option that was given to me at school. You either became a dog handler in the police or you became a vet. Mm. I didn't have other aspects of the pet industry then that were given to you as a career choice back in the day (laughs) so once I got back to it then um actually my very well my first cat was because and this will give my age away was um I bribed my parents to allow me to get a kitten which a friend's cat just had if I passed all my own levels (laughs) So I came back the morning with the exam results slip in one hand and the kitten in the other. <laughs> and that was Dinky. That was Dinkums. She, he was a little tabby cat. And uh, then, oh, I moved around to me. I went to art college in Carlisle and uh, then moved around, came back to Ireland, then came to Canada. So obviously traveling around a lot, I wasn't going to have many pets gleaned at that point. Yeah. But I'd had a few cats here and there and um, finally got my first dog in 2006. And he was a big stray. Um, Basically, the puppy that I thought that I was getting before that, my um, my ex-husband decided that that was really his dog. And that was actually Finn from Finessium. She passed away in 2000. Um, oh, sorry, no, um, 20, 2020. Um, but Fergus was my big boy and he was a stray and he was the one who led me into the grooming and everything else. So he is really how I ended up where I am now. And I now am owned by a standard poodle called Elizabeth Taylor. 
and a little CLM terrier called Dimitri, who's an ex-champion show dog. And uh, yeah, two cats, two horses, and there's just oh, never enough room for yeah. more. So I think that's that's also the reason that in the next five to ten years, the, the move to a bigger yeah. place to have more animals is definitely the key. But I think a lot, I, I get very attached to a lot of my clients' animals too, um, especially the ones that I'm working with now on the health journey, where you know I've, I'm really delving deep and finding out. So I get very, very attached to them. I mean, certainly in this industry, as you well know as well with your yeah. own clients, Michelle, once one passes away, you feel the hurt too. You'll cry. Absolutely. And we we do get affected with the compassion fatigue quite a bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But they they all have something to give or something to bring. I mean, the little silly terrier, he's the smallest dog I've ever owned. And he is absolutely hilarious. <laughs> um, I mean, he comes running up the yard and you just think he needs a cape. He is like, do, 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 do. He's like, yeah. I'm a little superhero. Look at me run. Um, <laughs> and he just brings so much joy. Uh, you cannot have a Celium Terrier and not laugh every day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. And it's the little dogs as well. They're so funny. I find <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I, personalities, haven't they? Oh, completely. Yeah. And I mean, I, the Celium was a, a connection from another connection. It was actually from the breeder whenever he was retired from the breeding program and from his show days. Then I ended up uh, getting him as his his forever home, and he's just so funny because whenever you get an adult dog, sometimes you don't know what you're getting. But you yeah. know, I knew his history and everything, which I was blessed to know, and knew that he would be, you know, a great little dog, and he was, mm. you know, very well cared for, and uh, he just came with all of that, oh. and it was funny because he'd never seen a cat and he'd never seen a horse. Okay. <laughs> and the first day he was here, he was running in around the horses in the paddock. Wow. I'm like, you're mental. Yeah. But it's it, he's still like over a year and a half later, he still takes a very wide berth around one one of my cats in particular. Okay. Who carries a flick knife and will <laughs> cut you. Yeah. <laughs> what are the cats like? What are the cats name? Um well Amber is the the one that we inherited from Darren's oh, dad, yeah. and uh, she's she's a oh absolute badness. Um, we keep the cats; they're loose, but they're downstairs at night, okay. and um, we don't let them come up into the bedrooms. Um, just because you know, I know that I would be getting battered on my nose at two in the morning and stuff. Um, but whenever we go to bed, sometimes if we're lying there just listening, she starts to have the rave. Um, she will be running around counters, knocking things off, howling and, oh, just absolute badness. Absolute bad. She's hilarious. And, uh, and then you'll come down and she'll like give you the puss in boot size. Me? I didn't do anything. I'm look at me. I'm so sweet. (laughs) And then the next thing, you know, she'll swat at the dogs as they walk past or something. But yeah, she's she's funny. Chase is our indoor outdoor guy. He is the hunter extraordinaire. Okay. Um, he is seventeen pounds <laughs> of a uh, tabby, and his name is Chase. <laughs> and his yeah, it, it, it's funny because it's like, is that a command for the dogs? Um, but he has no fear of the dogs at all. He used to actually jump onto the grooming table when I was grooming other clients' dogs, and the dogs would kind of look wide eye going what 
the hell is going on? There's a yeah. cat beside me. Like I'm superior <laughs> to cats. Why is there a cat beside me? Yeah. And he would just like, dude, yeah, it's cool. And then walk off again. Um, yeah, he's he's very, very confident. Yeah, very confident. I was say dominant, showing his stature. Oh, big time. Yeah. He actually he's gonna be 12 next week. So yeah. Oh wow. Oh yeah. And he's, as I say, the hunter. And he loves to announce it. And he, I bet. He, he'll open the door and he comes up the yard with the muffled meow because his his mouth is full of his recent catch. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's uh, yeah. The, the sad side of nature, but unfortunately he's a cat and yeah. he's allowed to be a cat. Yeah, absolutely. And I, look, he's got this wonderful space as well. So Exactly. Yes. He's got the woods and everything. Yeah. 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 We even have the odd. Well, we have actually lots of animals here, Michelle. It's just not the ones that we call ours because mm. um, we've got some pheasants, some wild pheasants. Um, we've got deer that will go through the back. Oh, wow. um, we've even had the odd bear, actually. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we have bears quite frequently around here and then you'll have the uh raccoons and skunks and all sorts of things and lots of ducks and yeah Sounds it's a it's a very very great place for wildlife yeah um and it's a no-brainer i mean would you say that animals the animals that you have your pets have brought a sense of well-being to your life and if so how oh yeah i wouldn't have them if they didn't yeah um, I think that's why I love them so much. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, dogs will just love you no matter what. I mean, <laughs> there is the, the saying where put your partner and your dog in the back of the car uh, or in the boot of the car, um, drive to where you're going, open the boot and see which one's happy to see you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but they, they just don't have any baggage. They don't hold grudges. No. They help you to release. They help to show you when you, and they teach you how to listen. Mm-hmm. Um, the horses, um, because they are so big, they do just automatically garner a certain amount of respect for their size mm. because they can kill you. It's, yeah. it, you know, it seems a little mundane that a, a herbivore could do that, but yeah, they can. Yeah. Um, and certainly, you know, a, a kick in the wrong place can be pretty pretty fatal or very damaging to say the least I've been there um but at the same time if you and a horse will tell you who who you are Mm. because unlike a dog or a cat they're a prey animal Mm -hmm. um they're not a predator yeah it's true so you're a threat as soon as you walk up to them it's just when you go up to a horse you can look in their eyes and they'll tell you who you are so if you go up with the wrong intent and that horse tosses its head and walks away or runs away check your vibe (laughs) you know if you just had a fight with your partner and you stomp out into the back and and decide that you're going to go and talk to a horse they'll go oh no you're not you're not bringing that attitude over here yeah whereas because sometimes they let you stroke their nose and oh yes come up to you and they're very loving and very sweet They are incredibly loving. They want to trust you. Yeah. They want to please. Most animals want to please, but not many humans want to please. Mm, sadly. Um, yeah, yeah, it is. But, you know, you go to a horse and they will teach you how to relax even. 
Mm. Um, I mean, there's lots and lots of different therapy programs that you can do with horses. Um, lots of rehabilitation work from even abuse clients or things like that that will go and work with with horses. And it will actually teach them to build their confidence too. They're also the best physiotherapists you can get if you go riding. Yeah, it's true. So, yeah, I mean, animals are there for a lot of reasons. And it's not just to fit into the niche that we want them to fit into. Mm-hmm. We should learn how to fit into theirs. Absolutely. Yeah. And a lot, you know, may come back and go, yeah, but you just said you eat meat. I was like, yeah, I do. Um, and I'm thankful and I eat it locally. I eat it that it's been ethically raised mm-hmm. as opposed to crammed in cages or crammed into feedlots and herded around with the adrenaline pumping and living in a, a, fear, a, a state of fear and stress. Yeah. There's a huge difference to that. Absolutely. Huge difference to that. And I mean, I, you know, I have no problem with whatever your nutritional choices are, but we were given canines when we were created to eat meat. Mm-hmm. Um, look in your mouth, look in your dog's mouth and then look in a horse's mouth. The teeth sets are different. Mm-hmm. And that will tell you what God created you to do. Mm-hmm. Right. No, so, yeah, you know. Anything over that is your choice. It really is your choice. And don't condemn people for whatever their choices are. Absolutely. Everyone's on a journey and, you know, either walk along with them or go on your own path. It's mm-hmm. that simple. Yeah. But we, we can all get along because all the animals do. Take, take a leaf out of their book. Yeah. I always say we can learn so much from them. I'm forever saying that on this podcast. So yes, I, we I can. agree. You're absolutely right. Yeah, absolutely right. Just take the time to listen. Yeah. And that's all it is. Yes. But thank you so, so, so much, Wendy. Like this conversation has been amazing, mind blowing. Like I said, <laughs> I'd love a book. I'd love to read <laughs> everything that you said. I'm definitely going to take you up and book um, an online session with you. When you finally move and, and set up that retreat, like I definitely, I'll be the first one who signs up. <laughs> honestly, sounds amazing. Oh, that's wonderful. Thanks so much, Michelle. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. No, it's been wonderful. Thank you, Wendy. And I'm sure our listeners are really going to appreciate this as well. So, thank Oh, good. Thanks so much. Um, lastly, if our listeners want to find out more about you and your accounts yes. online, where can they find you? Well, we do have a couple of retailers over in the UK. So if you're on Facebook and look up Finesium Ireland, they will get in touch with our Ireland um, retailer. Uh, or reseller, whatever you want to call them. And uh, secretweaponuk.com is the site from for Jan, who is our English reseller of our smart oil. Anything else you can actually order through me through dogsofpride.com. Dogs of Pride is also our YouTube channel. And finessiumhealth.com is where you'll find me where if you want to make an, an appointment, Uh, As I say, we do remote virtual consults all around the world and there'll be ways of letting you know how to get in touch with us on there. So Finesium Health, our dogs of pride and even just Googling those two, you'll find us all over the place. Brilliant. And I'll make sure I put those links in the show notes as well. But thank you again, Wendy. And I hope you have a lovely rest of your day. And you too, Michelle. Thanks so much. Okay. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. 
We have some amazing guests on the show who share such invaluable advice, stories and inspiration. Can you do me a favour? If you like this podcast, please could you rate, review and subscribe. This will help us reach people who can benefit from listening. Another way you could help is if you could tell a friend who you think might enjoy this podcast too. See you next week. Goodbye. Thank you.